Hello everyone and we just want to um, welcome each one of you again as you join with Kate and myself and we trust that you will be encouraged as you meet around God's word and you hear God's word. We just want to let you know that we do thank the Lord for each one of you that come on with us each week and we thank the Lord for our family, our friends, for all our children and grandchildren and for those who are serving the Lord throughout this world. We just appreciate one, each one and we pray that each week that you will be encouraged and that you'll grow a little bit more um, in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Hi everyone, really good to be with you again. We're looking today at James chapter 3 uh, verses 1 to 5 where we're thinking about the reformation of the tongue of the, the follower of Jesus, because we, we all struggle with what we say. And so James wants to address that today. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been healed by the words spoken from another believer? You've been struggling and troubled and, and they speak words that just edify and bless you and pick you up and make you feel good. Or maybe you're better acquainted by being hurt or troubled by their words. Seems we do a lot of that. Now, we know that each of us who know Christ as Lord and Savior have the Holy Spirit living in us. So therefore, we have the fruit of the Spirit of God in us. That is that through our lives, we express love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We express all these amazing attributes uh, that bring healing and encouragement and comfort and, and help to people. You see, if the Holy Spirit gets control of our tongue, then, then these truths of um, the, the fruit of the Spirit of God, if you want, they'll be expressed verbally by us. If we spend our time doing that, then our tongues will have little time to gossip and to cheap talk and filthy talk or berate others around us. So James wants to confront that. So we, can we come to our text today in James 3. He's going to speak about the tongue. James opens our text here by speaking directly to, to those who teach God's word, and perhaps in church settings or in a, a leadership capacity. And he writes in verse 1, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. He, he's warning the Bible teacher that what you say, what you teach, if it's not the word of God, but something else, you're going to be judged. There's going to be a judgment on us for these things. So he warns people, think twice before you jump into this role. It's not just a trendy thing to do. See, teachers need to be aware of the, the weight and the possible influence of what they say to, to the church around them. That's so important. Now, fortunately, James is a, a practical realist here. And so he, he writes in verse 2, For we all stumble in many ways. We all stumble in many things. And possibly as he writes these inspired words, he's reflecting on maybe how he himself spoke negatively about the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, it's very possible that James is one of those who said of Jesus um, uh, when he was uh, living and from Mark 3, 21, he's, he's out of his mind. This Jesus, what he's doing, it's all too much. He's out of his mind. Maybe this is why Jesus made a, a point of visiting James after his resurrection as recorded in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 7. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. He goes to James perhaps to say, hey, James, I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to edify you. This is okay. We can go forward in this. But James being the, the practical follower of the risen Jesus that he is, he wants to address everyone who professes Christ as Savior. So he puts you and I in that picture today. He seems to speak hypothetically in verse 2 by suggesting that if anyone never speaks incorrectly or wrongfully, then he's a perfect man, a perfect woman, perfect person. But I suspect... Like James suspects, we've all failed in that. 
And his use of the concept of perfection here is not most likely uh, a reference to true perfection, if you want. So he, he's referring practically to how we should live. The reason for this thinking is, is, is founded in the fact that, that no one is immune from sinning through their tongue. Most likely James is referring to an evidence of a, a mature believer as being someone who has got control of their tongue. I want you to think about that. Are you heading towards the controlling of your tongue? It's a sign of maturity as a follower of Jesus. James, the practical then, continues in verse 3 by comparing us with, with horses, which is quite unusual in that sense. He writes, if we put bits into the mouths of horses uh, so that they obey us, we, we guide their whole bodies as well. <clears throat> you put this bit in the mouth, in the horse's mouth, and you can control it. We used to have a little pony, and uh, we were not horsey people by a long shot. So it took us a long time to get a, a bit in the horse's mouth. And, and But when we did get it, we could control her. We could say, go, go this way, go this way, and she would be obedient. But without that, the horse did whatever the horse wanted to do. And that's James's point. He's saying, we're like that. We, we, need, we need to have the Spirit of God leading us, the Word of God in us, so that we're not saying whatever we want to say, but that we're cautious and living properly before the Lord. So if I was to say to Ruth, for example, I'll, I'll be faithful to you, Ruth, for, for most of the month. She knows that's not faithfulness at all. It's actually unfaithfulness. If I say I believe in the necessity of sharing the gospel, but, but I never share the gospel with anyone, I'm like the horse who is free, who has no bit in its mouth. I do whatever I want, and I think I'm okay. If I say I believe in, in tithing or giving to the church or God's work, but I don't do it, then I'm a hypocrite. I'm a horse that is not controlled by its master. So James's point is when we get control of our tongue, actually the Spirit's getting control of our tongue and getting control of us, and so we follow the Lord. So when the bit is in the horse's mouth, the animal listens to the communication of its rider and can be guided by the rider. If we have God's bit in our mouths, I'm going to suggest that's the the word of God, then we will listen to the Holy Spirit and follow his guiding for our lives. It's really quite simple if, if we'll do it, if we'll follow that. But James suspects that we're a little slow to learn. So he continues in this theme of analogies in verse four. And he says, look at the ships also. They're so large, though they're so large, they're driven by strong winds. They're, they're guided by a very small rudder and wherever the will of the pilot directs. So the, this big ship is taken by a, driven by a small rudder wherever the, the will of the pilot directs. Sinclair Ferguson write, write, writes these words for us of a, of a boat's rudder. I think they're quite helpful. He says, the tongue is also like the rudder in a boat. Large ships were uh, not unknown in the ancient world. <clears throat> the ship that originally was to transport Paul across the Mediterranean en route to Rome held 276 people, according to Acts 27-37. We know that a large ship like the Isis could carry 1,000 people, yet such a capacious and heavy vessel was directed simply by a turn of the rudder. So it is with the tongue, says Ferguson. The tongue is small, but its power, both for good and for ill, is out of all proportion to its size. I think we all are somewhat familiar with that. It's amazing that the tongue being so small can be so powerful. But James isn't finished with his descriptive analogies just yet. He wants, he, he wants more steps up the ante to help us grasp the power of the tongue because he writes these words in verse five. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Here in Australia, we're we're so familiar with um, bushfires 
in, in the, the summer season, that has little spark and just get out of control. Homes can be lost, lives can be lost, livestock. It's it's devastating. And when Australia, we've been hit hard in the East Coast here a number of for a number of years now with horrendous fires. So we know the, the dangers of this. So James warns us, warns us followers of Jesus, that, that our tongue can can set people's lives on fire. Our tongue can do great damage. Now, the potential of the influence of the tongue is never greater than those involved in public speaking. And obviously, this includes those teaching the church. In fact, I consider James' emphasis to be with the Bible teacher. He's really declaring this is what the teacher should take on board. Every believer has to, but the teacher especially must take it on board. You see, the Bible teacher has the potential of directing the steps of the church just like the horse rider who, who steers the horse through uh, the bit in its mouth or like, the, like the, 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 the pilot who drives the ship. The rudder might be small, but he can steer the ship and, and put it in a direction. So the responsibility with the Bible teacher is incredibly heavy. Now, the tongue of the teacher can boast of the truth of God's word, or he can supposedly bamboozle the people with the fanciful concepts of man's philosophy or theological um, diatribe or whatever you want to call it. But if the supposed Bible teacher fails to present only God's truth, he'll be judged for his words. So if you're a Bible teacher listening today, I want to encourage you, make sure you present only the truth of God's word, never your own concept. Never your own views. None of that. Go to God's word only. That's where we have to rest. The tongue is very powerful. Um, and with it comes great responsibility, not only for the Bible teacher, but for every follower of Jesus. So for those who consider the pulpit to be a place of glamour or excitement, think twice. And James has already warned us of that. So I want to encourage you to, to pray for those of us who are Bible teachers. Uh, that we have no fear of man in presenting this and presenting God's truth. Pray that our, our tongues will never be snared by the devil and that we would hold back from presenting truth, but instead that our, our, our tongue will be loosed to teach God's people God's great uh, honor and glory and love and respect for mankind and how he wants his gospel to reach the ends of the, the world because we believe in this, this message of salvation in Christ alone. See, the church desperately needs faithful to God, Bible teachers. And as you men consider this task, remember with great responsibility comes great judgment. So as you consider, remember, if you step up, there's a great judgment awaiting. But I trust that God will minister to many of us and that we will have this desire to step up and really present God's truth. And as for the rest of us, that we'll be very careful with our tongues, all of us, careful with our tongue, what we say, how we say it, because we want to edify people. We don't want to destroy people, but we want to tell people the truth. So let me pray for you as you move into a week of presenting God's truth to um, the people around you and ministering for them and praying for them as well. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word. We pray, Lord, that each one of us will control our tongue. Each one of us will use our tongue to magnify you. Each one of us will use our tongue to, to bring honor to your name. Lord, that we will use our tongues to present your truth, nothing else, just your truth. Help us, Lord, in all of this, because so often we get so tempted, as James has warned us often, we, we succumb, we fall to the wrong way, and we get involved in things we shouldn't get involved in thinking and speaking. 
Forgive us, Lord, we ask, and help us not to rest there, but help us to live in the fruit of the Spirit in our lives and to bring out these good things, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, uh, gentleness, and so on, Lord, that we can express that from our lives and that we can express it from our tongues. Be blessed, Lord, as we use this member to bring glory to you. In your name we pray. Amen. May you have a great week as you launch out and may you use your tongue to magnify your wonderful Lord and Savior. Thanks for listening.